Hello, adventurers, and welcome to this special bonus episode of the World of Azuria podcast. My name is Beth Ball, and I'm the author of the Age of Azuria epic fantasy series and the upcoming series, Feather and Flame, which is the subject of today's show. One of the things I was really excited about with the podcast format for my fiction is the opportunity to add in lore, additional backstory, and new storylines that aren't in the novels and novellas. And as we've just heard part of Marcone's backstory as he recounted it to Yelieth, I thought it might be fun for you to hear an excerpt from his first-hand experience 5,000 years before, back in the war-torn lands of Eldura. In today's bonus episode, I'll be reading an excerpt from Phoenix Rising, the first novel in Feather and Flame, which is planned for release in the first half of 2022. Make sure you've joined my reading community, The Story Enclave, for updates on Phoenix Rising and my other upcoming fiction projects. You can join the Enclave at bethballbooks.com join. One other quick announcement before we dive into Phoenix Rising, Enclave members will be receiving two exclusive short stories before the end of the year, one set before the events of Buried Heroes, but after Aurora, and one set before the events of Phoenix Rising and the Feather and Flame series. All the more reason to join. All right, all that said, Let's start our adventure. Phoenix Rising, Feather and Flame, Book One, Chapter Three. The City of Respite, Seven Years Ago. Respite was still a three days march away when the first curls of smoke appeared over the peaks. Marcone and his fellow soldiers of the Luz had put the ashes of sanctuary behind them. His last sight of the fallen city had been of Alessandra's black dragon lieutenant, Braymorn, curled around the turrets. Even after two weeks, the smoky haze clung to his lungs. His commander rode with her head hung low. Their ranks were half the size they had been when they set out from respite. It had been a century since the Luz had experienced such a defeat. The Sapphire Circle, an elite band of druid warriors, had retreated north, to Vestige and on to Fairhaven. The Luz returned to their home city of Respite, where the Council of Four awaited their report. This would be one of Commander Dreza's last nights breathing the free, fresh air. A few of his unit had grumbled about her ordering their retreat. She hasn't the stomach for war, he heard one old soldier say. Marcone knew that wasn't the truth. Dreza braved the Council's punishment to spare their lives. Perhaps the scarlet-skinned Nagata hadn't the stomach to see the thousand troops in her command mercilessly slaughtered, tossed to whatever machines of war Braymorn and his minions would cart in before their rule over Sanctuary was absolute. This was how a commander ought to be, ready to protect those in her care. He would say as much to Lorianen when he returned. Commander! A pale elven woman cried as she sprinted up the steep slope of the Meridians. She wore the brown leathers of the scouts, those positioned between the war fronts and the city centers, those of elevated birth deemed too important, or too weak, to fight. The Luz grumbled but allowed her to pass. A sea of what had once been white and gold, stained with soot and ash, parted. From the center of their ranks, the commander slid off her horse. Aye, Dreza called. The scout doubled over in front of the cavalry. She pressed her hand against her chest, trying to catch her breath. We've been routed, cut off from the city, the elf wheezed. She straightened, her narrow frame curved back. The scout shook her head. It's the largest voice I've ever seen. Marcone's breath ran cold. Murmurs and shouts rushed down the ranks. Voices rose and several soldiers crumpled to their knees. It was supposed to be safe. 
Their entire force had been trained in the city of respite. They promised us it would be safe. Dreza raised her sword overhead and silence fell. Our intelligence was mistaken, the commander yelled. The nearest airship base is a day's ride away. She tucked her stallion forward and held out the reins for the scout. Alert our allies, whatever it takes. They would never reach Lorianon in time. The stallion pawed the rocky earth as the elf swung up onto his back. She snapped the reins and they cantered off. The scout would ride till the horse collapsed, and then her run would begin anew. Soldiers of the Luz! Marcone clamped his arm against his chest and stood tall. He barked out a cry of attention. Five hundred of his fellow soldiers did the same. Their shouts echoed across the mountains. Ilona has spared us for this, the commander cried. For respite, we fight! Marcone bellowed, the sound grating against the scratches the smoke had carved along his throat. His heartbeat set the pounding drum, and the soldiers ran down the mountain. He wouldn't stop until he reached Lorianne's side. Every soldier around him had someone in the city they loved. This time, there would be no surrender, no defeat. The rolling fields that stretched out from the city walls had been raised. In the hills outside Sanctuary, he had seen the devastation Alessandra's fires had wrought. But they had not been the hills he'd known all his life. Marcone's knees shook from their two days of sprinting down the jagged slopes of the Meridians. Dozens of his fellow soldiers had crumpled beneath the strain, but he had to get back. Lorianen was waiting for him. She had begged him to find another way, another path, when he'd first enlisted. All his life, he'd wanted nothing more than to join the Luz, the soldiers who had found him after his parents had died in battle, who had taken him to the hillside vineyard beyond the city gates. How else am I supposed to protect you? He'd shouted, his chest constricted at the memory even now. Are we to linger forever on Abbott's farm? The merchants and residents strolling through the market nearby fired glances over their shoulders, but no one intervened. After two decades of war, they understood. They'd had little chance to feel otherwise. He thought they had reached an understanding as time passed. His position afforded them a small, street-level apartment only a few blocks from her favorite market. Every other day, Lorianen worked for the laundress, pressing linens and washing rugs for those whose ranks were higher than he'd yet achieved. One day, he'd promised, pressing a kiss to her temple as he rubbed the knot from her shoulder after a day's washing. Lorianen hadn't said anything, had only nodded. He'd taken that as acceptance enough. She tried her hand at keeping a garden at their home, but the plants never fared well. After a few months, she left the laundress and went to help the widow down the street who watched over several children too young to help their parents in their day's labor. She began to sprinkle comments into their conversations, talking always of little ones. Marcone had nothing to say to these remarks. He spent the morning training in the barracks within the walls. After they broke their fast at midday, he studied their enemies' ranks and the foul creatures who lurked along the battle lines. Other afternoons, he tracked the wide network of spies and informants used by both Alessandra and the cities. There was not a corner of Aldura untouched by war. Each day in their sprint to the west, the smoke rose higher, thicker in the sky. The generals had promised that respite would be safe. All of Alessandra's forces had been accounted for. His stomach seized as the three walls of respite came fully into view. Pillars of smoke rose from the inner ring. Even at the base of the range, the clang and drum of battle reached his ears. The soldiers around him broke ranks. 
They bellowed with swords raised, flying with limping, uneven gates toward the city far below. Marcone echoed their cry. Captain Dreza thundered past on the mare she'd taken from one of her lieutenants who could ride no more. Blood ran down the horse's legs. She would not see another battle. Marcone ignored the shooting pains in his shins that jolted up into his hips. His left shoulder still ached from a blow he'd sustained during the fighting in Sanctuary. Ash and smoke obscured the winding roads that led into the city. Where small homes and farms had been, only rubble remained. An hour's run brought him into the vineyard of his youth, where he and Lorianen had smiled at one another and picked grapes in the sun. Not even the skeletons of the vines survived. Marcone fell to his knees when he reached the doors of the barn. Splinters of charred bone stuck out of the wise oak beside the barn, twenty feet above the ground. Around the tree's base lay the half-decayed bodies of children and a smattering of limbs torn from their tiny frames. Something had picked through the children's ashen remains. He dry-heaved into the ash. It scattered beneath his ragged breath. Broken bones lay beneath the slate-dust heaps. Marcone's arm shook as he pushed himself up to his feet. Lorianen. He had to find her. A low groan echoed out of the black-scarred barn. Marcone raised his sword over his shoulder and crept nearer. Abbot, he called. Joan? Their groaning ceased, replaced by a slow, clacking sound, bones against wood. Marcone wrapped his gloved hand around the loosened barn door and slowly tugged it open. Charred flakes fell onto the earth from the burnt wood. He steeled his stomach, unsure of what he would find inside the barn, a place he had stolen away on many a sweltering afternoon as an adolescent, where Joan had once caught him and Lorianna together and whapped him over the head with the arm of her rake. Abbot? A thin shadow shifted in the back of the barn. Marcone drew back from the door and tightened his grip around his longsword. Whatever moved inside echoed the creak of the door. Muffled footsteps rolled through ash and charred hay. The red, mottled skin of a burnt human leg flexed into a hazy beam of sunlight. Gaunt muscles rippled beneath the healing flesh. Marcone's stomach heaved again as the creature's smell reached him. Rotted bowels and burnt hair. The threadbare ties of an apron clung to the creature's waist. A second shadow, the clacking one, mirrored the first movements. Marcone rolled his feet back through the ash. His gaze darted between the two creatures. They would not wait long to strike. The soldiers of the Luz called them Voltura, reanimated corpses with gaping, vacant eyes and low-hanging jaws usually coated in blood. Their sole desire was to tear away the life of all they encountered, to rend flesh from bone. They were one of Alessandra's most devastating creations, almost impossible to eradicate. Voltura needed li little to survive, they fed on their own flesh when they could find nothing new to infect, waiting for a living creature to discover them so that their curse might begin anew. The second Voltura hobbled closer out of the darkness. It careened side to side as it walked. One of its skeletal feet was missing. Marcone shifted his weight to his back foot as he turned to the side. He would need to kill them before he could continue toward the city. Shredded black leather draped in a circle around the second Voltura's scalp. It was all that remained of Abbot's Beretta. Ilona, forgive me, Marcone sighed under his breath. Abbot's blood-stained maw shot open, exposing two broken rows of teeth. His adoptive father sprang from Marcone's throat. Soldier's instincts overwhelmed the restraint of his heart. With two decisive swings, he severed Abbot's head from his body and bifurcated his torso. 
Joan screamed and lunged forward as though some lingering part of herself knew what Marcone had just done. He swung his sword forward and caught her in the chest. Joan's mouth slackened and she screamed again, dragging her corpse forward, her bulging eyes fixed on his throat. Marcone's injured shoulder burned as he whipped the blade through the side of her chest. He swung the sword back and severed the screeching jaw from her skull, driving through the thin, exposed muscle of her shoulder. The woman who had raised him crumpled beside her husband. Marcone's leg shook beneath him, and he fell to his knee. I am sorry, he gagged on his words. I failed you. His gaze swept the ashen landscape, searching for some small sign of hope. But he had seen Alessandra's devastation before. He would find no hope here. Marcone ground his teeth together. No hope, no help. With a cry, he swung his sword over his shoulder and drove it into the earth. By the blood of my parents, he screamed at the sky. By the souls of those who took me in, this I swear. I will not rest until you meet your end. He gasped for breath. Soot choked his throat. If any hear me, meet me here. Enable my vow. He slumped over his sword and rested his forehead against the pommel. No answer came from above or below. Marcone pushed himself up on shaking legs. He stumbled away from the horrors of the barn, the destroyed vineyards toward the city's outer walls, toward Lorianan and the home they'd made. Thank you so much for joining me for today's adventure through Eldura. I hope that you enjoyed this special sneak peek. As a quick reminder, if you'd like to find out more about me or my fiction, you can find me at bethballbooks.com. You can also find my books worldwide at your favorite bookstore or ask your local librarian to add them to the library catalog. To stay up to date with the world of Azuria and Eldura and be the first to know about upcoming fiction projects, visit bethballbooks.com join. I would love for you to be a part of my reading community, The Story Enclave, and as a special thanks to you, for a limited time, you'll receive a free ebook copy of Aurora when you sign up. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at BethBallAuthor or on Twitter at GroveGuardian, or you can email me beth at bethballbooks.com. If you enjoyed our time together today and would like to hear more stories set in Azuria or in Eldura, or both, you can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash groveguardianpress. Look for the Fae and Damon Tears. Our adventures through Buried Heroes will resume shortly. Happy travels, and I hope that we'll be adventuring together again soon.